thinker about sex and talker about sex now that I have this podcast, which is wonderful, and I'm glad you're here and thanks for listening. Guys, you know when you lay down on Thursday night at 12.45 a.m. and you're doing your meditation and you're relaxing and you're finally present with your thoughts because you had such a busy fucking day and you realize my podcast goes up tomorrow. Did I finish it? No. In fact, I didn't even record the intro. That's what kind of Thursday I had. I usually finish up the podcast, finish up the editing, finish up the intro on Thursday night. And wow, 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 wow. It was RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars finale tonight. So I watched that with friends and yikes, forgot. But I'm here now, and this episode is one you're not going to want to sleep sleep on slash lay down for the night at 12.45 a.m. and start meditating to. You're going to want to listen up. My guest this week is Winter Mitchell, and not only is she a fucking Twitter-slaying queen, she has made me laugh for so long because we're both a part of this co-working space that is now kind of just online and like a Slack channel thing. Um, Many Slack channels, to be exact. She is part of the Jane Club with me. Um, It's a group of super, super supportive women, mostly women. I believe we've had a few male identifying um, members, maybe only one that I know of, actually. Um, But yeah, that's where I met Winter, and she's made me laugh forever. And her, like, knowledge of pop culture and, like, ability to engage on social media blows my fucking mind. She is so open to talk about sex. The woman is a retired hoe, self-proclaimed retired hoe, but she loves fucking and has loved fucking for so long that I knew she would be perfect on this podcast. And guess what? She was. You're going to fall in love with her fucking voice and then you're going to want to look at her online and you're going to say, wow, what can I hear more of hers? And then you're going to start listening to her podcast, Waiting to Exhale, because it's so good. I've listened to it. I love it. You're going to love it too. Wow. What a week. What a whiplash from OnlyFans. Um, They pulled their support of um, sex workers by banning, um, pornographic content. And then we're like, just kidding. Just kidding. You can do it. Sorry. Sorry. We hear you. And I gotta say, it's a little maddening. I am not a sex worker or someone with content on OnlyFans, but from my perspective, it was a shit move. Jesus, guys, fucking nut up ovary up. Stop it. Don't fucking, ugh. Anyway, glad that's not happening and glad that they're back and hope they lost money and hope they learned their fucking lesson. And as Dan Savage pointed out this week, I don't think this would have happened if major news outlets hadn't started actually interviewing sex workers, which they did this time. It's happening. Wow. Sex workers have a voice. And they will always have a voice here on this podcast. And yeah. Anyway, back to our podcast this week. Enjoy, enjoy, enjoy. 
Winter Mitchell. Thank you for being here, Winter. <laughs> you're so welcome. I'm very excited. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm so happy. I think you're the only person that's been on the show who basically was like, I would love to be on your show. <laughs> like, <laughs> unprompted. honored that you asked. Are you yes. kidding? I it was, was it's honored. Incredible. I'm, it's very, it's hard to find people that I already know you know, to be on the show, because just like talking about sex with your friend Kelly isn't appealing to some people for some reason. Come on, guys. That's not that crazy. Bad. I'm not going to actually <laughs> That's actually crazy. <laughs> and is. like, be, especially because like grow, growing up, I felt like we, maybe it was just me then. As a young person, I felt like we did it all the time. It was such an easy thing to just talk about sex with your friends. Yeah. And now all of a sudden we're like, over 35, over 40, whatever. And yeah. people are like, don't want to talk that? about it anymore. I don't Married know. Married and with kids, like it just adds a layer. The marriage added like a layer of chasteness that was bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. then being a mom, it was even worse. And I'm just like, people, loosen up. <laughs> Lighten <laughs> up. And it's, it's, you know, I've realized like in the last year, we've had, like, it's not been that sexy so i'm sure it's a little bit harder to sort of talk yes. about it since oh, things aren't yes. as it sexy was, it was a hell of a time to start a sex podcast yeah and it was such a coincidence though me and my friends started it together in like we started talking about it probably in february got the ball rolling finally recorded our first episode i think like the week before lockdown <laughs> i mean but now you're still doing it. And I think the beauty yes. of this pandemic is it's like the things we've gained along the way. Like mm -hmm. this to me is new normal. So I'm not, I'm not really like looking at a world beyond this. I think yeah. we are now in like whatever mm -hmm. they were doing in the dark ages during like the black plague, like that's where we're at. And you just sort of live with the black plague. I don't we know. Gotta, yeah. It's slowly dawning on all of us that this shit's not going anywhere. Mm -mm. Fuck. Mm -mm. Yeah. So, so winter, how do we know each other? We met through the Jane club, through the Jane club. Yes. The which... Jane club. What, I've met a lot of great women through the Jane club including yeah. yourself. And are you, do you work for them? They're my clients. So I have like gotcha. eight or nine clients, 10 almost. And depending, I'm a digital strategist, right? So I do strategy for clients, like the internet. And I do like so many different things. I'm looking, I'm looking at like the emails I'm getting in because I was, I'm, I'm joining you right after like a, a long, very long appointment and seeing all my emails. And it's like, for one client, I'm like an editorial consultant, um, for another client, I'm like a brand strategist for another client. I'm like, they're basically their head of content. So like, wow. it's for people like who just want someone to be there to do this thing. Cause the thing that I realized about content is that, you know, being like an editorial director or being like a, I don't know with these chief content officer is like a very few and far between between type of job. And those people mm. usually are the first ones to get fired. Or, right. or, or, or quit it's because the budget's like icing out. or whatever. Yeah. It's like nobody really truly fundamentally understands anymore how to do editorial programming or to convey any conversation across the internet. And they just don't also take it seriously. They know they need it, but they don't know how to do it. And I've been doing, this is basically the, what I've been doing my entire life since I mm -hmm. was like 10 years old. Mm -hmm. So it's just really effortless for me, which is why I have 10 clients 
yeah. that I'm balanced, trying to balance all the time. Yeah. You seem to have boundless internet energy, which I run out so fast. Like, you are still on Twitter. You have 15,000 followers on Twitter. I just checked. I'm like, oh, I, I quit Twitter a few years ago because I was just like, oh, God, I'm so tired. Oh, my God. No, I love Twitter so fucking much. Yes, you get energy. I get energy from it because it's like I was literally as I was walking in here to talk to you, getting water, I I was looking at television because the Olympics, you know, the Olympics are happening right now. And I was mm-hmm. watching two women, one's from Cuba, one's from Japan doing judo. And I literally thought of a tweet. I was like, judo looks like two siblings quietly fighting in the backseat of a car. I know that'll do well. I know that'll do well. And I just have to position it. But it's like, that's the way my brain thinks. Everything's to me, Twitter's a joke. Everything's yeah. a joke. And sometimes I talk about serious stuff and sometimes I don't. But I always try to like build, I'm just focusing on building an audience because at, at the heart of everything I do, I'm a writer and I'm a storyteller and that's what I want to be doing. Right. Right. That's so cool. And what would you say, you said you've been doing this basically since you were 10. What, yeah. what, what did that, what was that for you as a 10 year old? I think that when I was born, like I was obviously a girl, a very pretty little girl. And mm-hmm. my mom and dad <laughs> were like really aggressive about feminism and femininity mm-hmm. being a feminist but also femininity right. um that's just because i was raised by like my parents were old when i was born they were in their early 30s which was old for that age and then my grandparents were still around and then my great-grandparents were still around so the influence of depression era like parents in my life was very loomed very heavily and like my great-grandparents today some of the shit that they said back then would not block like if they had twitter accounts people would be like what the f was that what the fuck did she just say like there was like like my grandmother thought you can get aids from a toilet seat and i said that doesn't sound even far that far from what the baby said this week that's what i'm talking about like that's the type of shit where you're like they have their old school ways and they're also not that smart but I was raised by really old people. So like dolls and shit was like immediate, like dresses and dolls was like the immediate thing that I was gifted constantly. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like those things. I liked toys that were like boys played and boys played video games. So I would get upset when I got dolls. I'd be like, I don't want this. And I would literally vocalize like at two, three, I don't want this. I'm not mm-hmm. interested in this. Please give me something else. I want that. So I started gaming at a really young age. Then I had a computer by the time I was six. And then I had three, two computers by the time I was nine. Oh and then God. I had the internet by the time I was 11. Mm-hmm. So I was wow. like on the internet writing content already super early. Um, you know, the internet got me in a lot of trouble at a young age. Holy like shit. I was me too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, it is pretty bad. It, it was in the beginning it was super innocent and then i call him my pedophile i met my pedophile on the internet when i was like 15 14 and then lost my virginity to him when i was 15. oh no yeah. mm-hmm. oh fuck. Yes. yes he was such a creep and um but you know i was lonely and a nerd and like so i'm not i'm not making any excuses for no the, what no I, I was very close to meeting my pedophile like but okay. the farthest we ever so... got was talking on the phone and i'm just like thank god thank god thank god <laughs> no you're so lucky this is the thing that's crazy about me is that i always go what if i just didn't do it 
but I felt like I, he groomed me so well. So I felt oh, like yeah. I had this obligation to him. Um, and it lasted for a year. And then I realized like the internet is dangerous and I got out of that, but the entire thing is like my parents ultimately found out what happened and they were, you know, devastated and they worked, we went to therapy. We did all the things to try to, they're trying to figure out where they went wrong. I'm like, don't worry. I'm not like corrupted or anything. I really wasn't corrupted by it. I was upset about it and it was upsetting, but I wasn't corrupted by it because I already felt like I was so super educated. Right. Mm. So once that happened, then everything that I started doing with my work in the internet world was un, like like unraveling and unpacking like the influence, right? right? Like the influence, like how influential it is to be this thing. And I was actually talking about it on another, on my podcast, Waiting to Exhale, about um, this this week when we recorded our Woodstock 99 episode, because I said, you know, the internet is a real big reason why that, that stuff happened in that documentary. The immediacy and the urgency of sex, sexuality, uh, instant gratification was already starting to sort of be unlocked because the internet was like promising you these things, right? Like like Amazon.com, you're gonna get it. Like, you don't have to go to the store. You're gonna, I'm gonna send it to you and we can send you anything you want and we can give you anything you want. And, um, you know, back in 99, the dark web was the front web. So things that you have to like get yes. VPNs and everything was like literally right there. Uh, so like, yeah, like you could, I started unpacking that through my work and doing work uh, in journalism because I wanted to be an on-air anchor and doing journalism through the internet, digital. And I was like, I can do this and so many other people can't. And it was intimidating to older people. So I was right. getting jobs that other people were getting just by virtue of knowing how to use the internet. So right. that just like has always been sort of like, my leg up is like, I know how to do these things and I can do them effortlessly because Mm -hmm. no one else really had that type of access. And then the plus has been that that I'm like 41 years old. I've been doing this forever. And because I've been doing this forever, like my expertise is like proven Mm -hmm. um, versus it being like, I'm just some 41 year old social media manager. I don't consider myself that. Mm -hmm. I consider myself somebody who's like worth the pay because I've been doing this for fucking ever. And so you're not paying for like, you're paying for the experience and the ease of use. You're not, you're, you're not paying for like a kid out of college. Who's like, I, I do this on the side. I really yes. want to be a TikToker, and right. you know, I'm not, I don't really care about your brand. So I okay. think that's where my success is. Yeah. You're amazing. That was a long, long, a roundabout way about how I started doing what I No, did. that was incredible. You basically, I mean, first of all, I had all these ideas in my head with like, oh, she must be younger than me. Oh, shit. No, 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 no. I'm 38. No. I was like, she had the internet when she was 11. Oh my God. Like I didn't use it for the first time till like my fifth grade class. So I was like nine or 10. You're already yeah. like, yeah, it was like, and then I didn't get to use it in the privacy, like in private, like in, until my friend's no. house. That was still in the living room, of course. Right. <laughs> the family. Yeah. Room. Everything was in the living room, but yeah. it was like, yeah, but it was still like, I was always yes. still like, don't look at this. Don't look at this. So yes. bad. You you just um put into words so many things that are that I hadn't really hadn't really occurred to me about like the late nineties. And like I just sort of stumbled upon a conversation um that was being had in the Jane Club Slack. I won't, of course, go into detail, but people were just talking about the Woodstock ninety nine documentary. And yeah. I was like, oh, Obviously, I should not watch this because I think it will like really trigger me. 
it's triggering a lot of people so unsafe in 1999 i was so unsafe so unsafe i should have been dead like so many times when i think about totally and the internet is such a big part of that because it was the dark web it's like when anyone talks about the dark web now i'm like Oh, that's not that crazy. I thought you could do that anyway. And it's like, no, you can't. <laughs> no. I used to see snuff films as early exactly. as like 2002. Yes. Yes. I remember snuff films. I never watched any because I knew, like a lot of my friends were like, I have to see it. You know, for me, I was like, I absolutely know I cannot see it. <laughs> I, I don't know what what's time. taken me too far. There's been certain corners that I've like, this is too far. I don't go mm. seeking it that much anymore mm-hmm. either. Mm-hmm. Like ever since I've started trying to have a baby and, and obviously I've, you know, I've been mm-hmm. through like a couple of losses. Mm-hmm. I have, I, I can't, my stomach oh, yeah. is just not there anymore. Oh, yeah. I used to it's be able so to watch anything. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It is so interesting in the realm of motherhood or trying to become a mother all of that shit becomes way too fucking much. It's crazy. After my brother became a dad, he couldn't watch certain stuff. And he was like the king of horror movies. He's 11 years older than me. Yeah. So like when I was a kid, when I was like five years old, he was like, watch Freddy Krueger, you know, like, <laughs> and now he's just like, I can't watch that can't stuff. Watch that stuff. I'm a dad. Like, same thing. I'm a yeah. dad. <laughs> Oh my God. Well, that's so incredible. Yeah. I have so much, I have so much admiration and like jealousy of people with that kind of energy and, and like appetite for internet stuff. Like I really wish I could do it and I really wish I could keep up don't with it. Don't push yourself. Don't I'm push not yourself. going to. Yeah. I won't don't be something, someone I'm not. No, it's but so it's ridiculous. Like, cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. And just definitely don't push yourself because honestly, like it's not healthy to push yourself into some of these spaces. It's, it's not worth not. it. it and knowing matter. that, I mean, most of my job is people who aren't healthy enough to read their shit. So it's just me. That's like, I'm nosy and I want to know all. So I'll pay read me. it. I'll read it. <laughs> What's the thing? Yeah. I used to work at Funny or Die and my career there started as the election, Trump's election rolled mm-hmm. in. And I was like, okay, this election shit sucks. I'm excited for that to be over because then my job will just be funny or die, right? And start making fun content. No, 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 no. No. It was like the Mm -hmm. beginning of a nightmare. It was crazy having to... And also I was totally that person who I feel like I got that job like five years too late and like... (laughs) I was just like... I know a lot of people there and I got to be honest and and they would... They wouldn't get mad. You did get that job. <laughs> oh, God, yes. Oh, God, yeah. It was like, oh, fuck. Like, I would have loved this so long ago. And also, like, now I'm this person who's like, who? Ariana, who? <laughs> who fucking cares? I don't care. I don't want to know about any more people. <laughs> you know? Do you know that I created their first, I pr- co-produced their first viral video? Or their really? First, their first big, like, 5 million plus view video. Oh, my gosh. Which Charlie, one? Charlie Sheen. Oh my gosh. That's the so Charles funny. Cooking tips, whatever it was. That was great. I remember that. Yeah. That's so crazy. Wow. Okay. So I wanted to have you on the show because you talk about sex with ease. You like to talk about sex. Yes. And you had said that you wanted to talk about being a retired hoe. As someone who is sort of, I think I'm kind of re-embracing being a hoe as... So, well, okay. So my my word is slut. That was my word in okay. high school. 
That was definitely, mm-hmm. people described me as this. It was a terrifying, like, uh, scarlet letter. I, I ended up leaving my high school. I ended up having to, like, you know, kind really? of stifle that part. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh, God. It was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. Like, not a friend in the world. Like, dudes just, like, kept pouncing on me and then gaslighting me at school. It was just, it was a nightmare. Um, oh, and- Kelly. Yeah. And so I I definitely, though, was a slut and still am. And so I'm sort of trying to, like, reindulge that part of myself. And it's led to, like, opening our marriage a little and figuring that stuff out slowly. It's tough. It's tough. It's tough. (laughs) But I would love to hear from someone who feels maybe, like, your hoeness is quenched. You feel like <laughs> like this. I think that I and things may change. I might feel completely different once I hit like fifty, mm. but I am sexually satisfied, right? Mm. Like, like my husband and I, like we had sex last night and it was great, and That's... we did it two nights ago and it was awesome. And it's like, <laughs> it's like, it's the thing is, is like I knew that in order for me to be like settle down and marry, I had to meet someone that was, they couldn't be on like my same wavelength sexually. Like Mm. they had to be somebody who was curious and open because uh, the other thing too is like, as a black woman, I know that most of the white men that I've slept with were just curious about sleeping with a black woman. I've been so many guys' first. Mm. Yeah, it's annoying. It's really annoying. That sounds so like really fucking annoying. It is annoying, but I was my <laughs> husband's first, but it was, but I but it's pure the way I was his first because he always he knew that he was attracted to black women, but he grew up in North Carolina. He was mm. horrified of what people would do or say he didn't want to get into any conflict he married his first wife was is was a white woman and right but he was always attracted to black women yes yes so he just like never actually and like when we met each other it was like love at first sight he was like I've been so he tells me he's like I was looking for you in fifth grade and fourth grade and (laughs) so I mean I know he's sweet he's an asshole he's sweet but like my whole life leading up to marriage I really do think that I like hit the, I, I, I just hit the, the wall on sex. I had so much sex, like with all kinds of people in many different countries. Mm. Not most, it's, I've never had like, uh, I've never, I'm not bisexual, so I've never mm-hmm. had sex with a woman, but with men, yes. I would say that like, I'm very much heterosexual. Yes. Yes. And that is, it seems like, um, it seems like an outdated thing to be heterosexual. Yeah. It's like to be aggressively, like I hate men, but I love Dick. It um, is kind of an anomaly on this show. I will say yeah, that. I know. I'm sure. And it's like, I just don't, I always like, I look, I know how my sisters and brothers in the LGBTQIA community mm-hmm. feel about having heterosexuality just thrown at them. Mm-hmm. But I think it's like, I was born in the 80s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I was, it was like heterosexuality was like all that was being sold. It was counterculture yeah. any other Completely. way. And I really, really leaned into that. Like, you know, I wanted to live my life in my twenties and the thirties, like a sex comedy, which I think I did. Wow. And, it was, I was really influenced by erotic thrillers. So very much like, 
up against the wall in an alley yeah like those type of things like in the shower like did you like the movie did you like the movie fear no because that felt too close to my age group and it also kind of triggered like a little bit of my like pedophilia thing with the pedophile it's terrifying it's It's so scary it's so scary but i was super super into it it was like okay it was hot oh the roller coaster yes okay roller coaster yeah mark mark Wahlberg in general like i want him to bang on my door in the middle of the night yeah but let me in the house yeah Uh, let me in the fucking house (laughs) i never experienced that it was always like like seduction is what i'm into Mm -hmm. like seduction for me was like basic instinct liver like fatal attraction i remember when i was like nine whenever fatal attraction came out i was nine or ten and my mom was like we're at home watching it and my mom was like you can't depend on men you just can't like we're and i was like first of all i was too young to be watching it but then she just turns to me at the end she's like that's why you gotta do your own thing my mom's still married by the way to my dad like (laughs) wow i love it (laughs) total independence total independence you don't need this i don't know what it did but it unlocked something in my brain where i was just like i can do whatever i I can be as free as i want i can be as sexual as i want and i was like i literally fucked my way through my 20s and 30s and safely um but like you know i had a couple relationships here and there but they weren't anything compared to the joy that i got out of one night stands right Wow. Interesting. So really you got just genuine joy out of one night stands. So you kind of, did you stay away from long-term stuff for a while because of that? No, I felt like at certain times, like when I did have boyfriends, I was supposed to have boyfriends because they were there. And like my first boyfriend, I didn't have many. I had like three before my husband, long-term relationships. Um, the first one was like, a football player I was dating. He was a college football player. He was lazy. He like was rarely ever at practice. And I didn't understand that. I was like, aren't you supposed to be playing? Like, you know, lazy football player, but like, you know, it was like, he was, he was a black guy. And it's important that I, I talk about him because I knew very early that I was not like, 100 percent attracted to black men. And it really bummed me out. Mm. It bummed me out. Mm-hmm. Cause my dad is black obviously. Mm-hmm. And he's like my best friend and I love the shit out of him. And mm. I just couldn't, I couldn't figure it out. Like I was like, why is it this when it was, it was just killing me every day. I would be so upset about it. I was like, I want to want you. And my first, he was like the first guy that I was like, I, I think that I, we can have this thing. And the biggest reason why we broke up is because he felt like I was too much of an Oreo, which I'm not. I just sound like a white girl. It doesn't necessarily like mean mm-hmm. that I'm a white girl. Mm-hmm. Um, but also like this sex was great. Like it was like always all the time. And it was like, I would just, I felt like being a bed, not a bed winch, being, that's not the right term. I felt <laughs> like being, when I say bed winch means something else, uh, but like what being like always in bed, having sex just felt like felt like something that I was like really good at and (laughs) and I enjoyed it a lot and then I think like once I realized too getting into the comfort level of my body like my body when I was younger was um I was smaller chested but I have like a big round butt Mm -hmm. 
and I'd had tiny waist. So like every, like I didn't realize like what that meant for men. Right. Cause I was constantly trying to hide my body. Oh God. Yeah. So then, and so then I just knowing that it was like a tool, right? Like that's what all these men would say that it was just like, you were built for sex. You were built for that's fucking like, that's really what scary. Honestly, that's fucking terrifying. It's scary. It's terrifying now, yeah. but at but like at nineteen, I was like, "Yup, yeah." And <laughs> of well, course it is. Of course it is. But like now, as you know, grown and older, somebody was telling my nineteen-year-old daughter that, and she came to me. You're I'd be built like, oh, for fucking. God. Yeah, it's like you're built for fucking. <laughs> I'm gonna have that person killed. Killed. Yeah. Like no, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, like over time, when I when I don't like these things, when they say these things, I put on weight so I'm not attractive. Ah, uh, this just came up for me in therapy. Holy shit, yeah. girl. What did your therapist say? Because I need to know. Listen, she said it before to me a couple of years ago, and it was so gentle and so like beating around the bush like seven times before I understood what she was saying that I couldn't even repeat it. It was just sort of like, maybe, you know, the, the basic idea is like, maybe you are padding yourself a little bit, you know, armor, protection, yeah. a blind, yeah. you know, like, uh-huh. just like, can I just not be out there? Mm-hmm. And that makes complete sense to me because like listen i was like running and screaming to get away from new york city because of how much i got like harassed in the streets there yeah it was like i hate living there there. so triggering you know i've been assaulted there's there's all kinds of you know i was i was this like pedophile magnet (laughs) lots of attention from older men at church you know Please, please just take me out of the game. I don't want it. And and now I want I want to be in the game big time, but I am like <laughs> I'm still in that I think I'm still in that like cycle cycle of padding, you know? You might be in a cycle of padding, but I also think that you're having a sexual awakening mm-hmm. that maybe wasn't um Everybody, I think, finds it different at different times. Mm -hmm. Like, I found my sexual awakening, oh, early. Oh, early. Like, I was probably, like, eight or nine. Wow. I was horny all the time and started masturbating when I was, like, six, seven. And I didn't, yeah, and and I just really... Yeah, I didn't feel weird about it. My parents were horrified, <laughs> but I was like, this feels good when I do this. So I like it. I will keep doing it. Thank and God. I've always been pro-masturbation. Right. I'm so glad I have you like had seven that. or eight vibrators. Yeah. I'm just so glad that you had that will because of course, none of our parents had the like language or tools to deal with masturbating children um, or children, whatever, trying to pleasure themselves or even just encouraging them, like, or letting them know that that pleasure was out there. That information wasn't out there for me. Um, so thank God that you had the the will to keep going. <laughs> the on. will and the, honestly, the curiosity mm-hmm. never left. Mm-hmm. I just was like curious. Mm-hmm. I didn't care and the, I think my mom showing me an anatomy book very early 
she she eased into the don't let people touch you there. And I like honestly making it to 15, considering all the thoughts <laughs> I have or I lost my virginity was pretty freaking good. good. No, it's it's but you, it, no, let's just be honest mm-hmm. about it. And and once you get to like, I, I guess when I turned 35 and I, I was realizing like, this is exhausting and I'm not like really fulfilled mm. emotionally. Mm-hmm. Like I'm sexually fulfilled, but emotional fulfillment is fleeting. Right. <clears throat> and I, you know, and at this point between 15 and 35, I mean, my number is stupid. I don't remember. <laughs> I used to count and then I stopped counting, but it was easily in its like 130s, 40s. Um, Incredible. Yeah. And it was every kind of guy by this point, but there, there was always like this consistent type of guy. But the thing about it is like the thing that got me off forever was the way I could attract like really, really hot men. <laughs> and I'm not like downplaying myself. I'm just simply saying it. that the kind of men that I don't know that I would ever have been partners with, but I, I definitely could see myself like if they hadn't gotten to know me first or seen, you know, like the curves of my body up close, I don't know that they would have given me a passing glance. Not that I'm downplaying myself. I just felt like for my benefit, if I was going to go and have random sex with men, I need them to be hot as fuck. Right. So, <laughs> so it was definitely like the hoe would come out when it was like somebody that was like a full 10. I mean, I had a lot of 10s. Oh, that's so cool. Swimmers. <laughs> uh, one of them is, I always call him hot. I had nicknames for all of them. One was like hot director. This is so great because imagining this conversation between two men is so pathetic. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying. But the and fact the, the that way- two women are having this conversation is like so um, groundbreaking, I feel like. <laughs> It really, but then it's like they're quick to call you a slut and it's like it's not slutty i'm not out here uh talking about anything that men don't didn't do i was sporting i was having sex for sport right. like it was it's not slutty important. in the way that they make it sound where there's all this shame involved there should be no shame in all of this i did a lot of bad shit like i this the the guy i'm talking about right now it's he was a neighbor of my old the ex-boyfriend that I was with, the second ex-boyfriend that I lived with, he would live below us. And I never like, I was so into like playing house with my boyfriend at the time who I can't believe I ever gave that much attention to, uh, that I never looked at this guy. And then one day I went to a dinner, went to dinner and I saw him at the club and I saw his face like in full. And I was like, oh. <laughs> And I literally said to him in front of his girlfriend, you should call me sometime. Oh my God. And, and he did. And that was it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, you should call me sometime. And it was like, he did. And he came over and it was like, this guy was like the hottest, like six, four mm. swimmer, abs, everything. It was like crazy. Wow. The type of sex and you guys were like, both oh. cheating or one of you no he had broke up with her and you had and broken i i had already really but he asked me he was like i was michael i was like we're done and i was he was like okay and i was like okay so give me you should call me some time and it was like so perfect 
especially because I was like really feeling myself at the time I was running, I was working out, I was doing like a lot of mm-hmm. cycling, which is a big thing for me. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we could never like spend like, I, like one time he like brought me to his apartment and like kept me there all day long. Like what we did was all day long. And I just remember thinking to myself like, this is amazing. Cause he's so hot, like thick Italian, Irish guy, like just huge. And then it like, then there was like this, this actual Italian national guy, a model who was like, and he was like in, in Italian sex comedies in Italy. That's what, that's what he played wow. overseas. <clears throat> he was in LA trying to break the US market. Mm-hmm. Again, like the same type of thing, like just hot, you know, just like, like amazing, gorgeous, like barely spoke English, like crazy. And those things, like, I think every woman should have mm-hmm. these experiences, right? right? Like when I watch 90 Day Fiance, can I see these people like marrying their vacation sex or getting n- knocked up by their vacation yes. sex? I'm like, no, that's too far. Guys, no, sorry, you messed up. <laughs> you misjudged it. Have the sex, have all the sex you yes. want. Then yes. just go home, go home. <laughs> like I don't, I basically just wanted that without having to be responsible for any of it. Right. Or fall in love with any of it. Mm-hmm. That was just not something that I was interested in at all. I just didn't think hmm. that, I didn't think that's how love would happen for me. It's interesting because it does feel like almost like you can't have both. Like you can't be this, because I was the opposite. I was definitely a, I want to fall in love immediately. And that kind of connection was like, like you know, heroin for me. Um, like having had, yeah, falling in love the best, the best, the best. I was definitely serial, serial monogamist for a while. Um, yeah. I feel like I fell in love, like, okay, one, two, those were the two, two in high school, mm-hmm. two in college. And then my twenties, I met my husband. And so it's just like one after the other big, big fat relationships that I was like ready to get married. <laughs> It's that's crazy to me. Yeah. So that even that's like, where did you where are you? I'm an idiot. Uh Austin, Texas. That feels Texas. That feels it's a like little Texas. Texas. It's a little Texas. It's a little my parents being like, you know, kind of how kissing and sex was explained to me was, you know, love. Love, 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 love. Right. Marriage right. was like a big thing. You know, I waited very late to get married in my mom's eyes. And that was like six years ago. I was like 32. It was Mm -hmm. like so late for her. Um, Like it was basically like, she's like, yeah, you may as not, well, not even get married at this point. I was like, come on. (laughs) Like, give me a second. Calm down. Just calm down. I know. know. So yeah, that's probably the vibe. But, and, and I think also just my, my sexual curiosity and promiscuity was like punished so early. Yes. And I'm just a very sensitive person. Like, my parents kind of laugh about how, as a kid, they never had to punish me because I was, like, so broken by, like, even, like, a side glance from them, you know? Like, them being, like, disappointed for two seconds. And I was like, I'm sorry! You know, like, <laughs> I think I was just very sensitive to, like, any negative repercussions. It felt like dying to me. So, like, any the second someone was like, mm, you're a slut and no one wants to talk to you anymore. I was like, well, I'll never do that again. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I think That's it took a while. Crazy to me. Yeah. Cause I, I definitely like had my early, like 
sex fanaticism when I was like 11, getting really wild with my friends for sure. I hooked up with a lot of my girlfriends. Oh, wow. Yeah, just because that's kind even, of what was how available. did you even know but how did you even i'm curious like how you even knew these were like some intense hot nights like this happened probably with three or four different people um and i don't even know if any of them are gay or bi or anything i grew up mm-hmm. to be like okay i identify as bi for sure um but some of these girls who knows i i feel like we just have would have these like intense nights where I remember one of them was like, pretend I'm Nathan or something, you know? And like, we would just like pretend with all these fantasies about boys from class or whatever, but with each other. And so I never, nobody ever did that with me. I never did it with anybody either. But again, like I was focused on penis for so long. Yeah. Wow. So early. I can't believe how many people that. (laughs) I don't know if it was me or just. No, I love it. Yeah. But I love it. It was great. It's, no, I think that you were also pure. You're four years younger than me, mm-hmm. so that you weren't that far behind. Mm-hmm. I, I just don't. I don't want to say it's generational. I think it's just your your Austin wasn't Austin the Austin it is today. No, oh, <laughs> for no. sure. Yeah, I was like a kid when Slacker was a movie, and so like yeah. it was kind of a lazy small group mm-hmm. of dirty lazy mm-hmm. hippie <laughs> vibe mm-hmm. austin was definitely like dirty and small and like not a lot yeah. of money <laughs> and then, yeah and definitely like a lot of my friends were like oh, i feel like upper crust but conservative you know and my parents were super yeah. liberal um but like yeah, there was definitely, like, this Texas conservative vibe. Like, dudes at high school dipping snuff. I don't know if anyone at your high school dipped snuff. That was, like, a thing. No! Yeah, we're talking... San Francisco? Not. It was weed. Yeah. No, no, me having weed was like, oh my god, Kelly's weed broken. Nike. <laughs> like, she's a <laughs> fucking freak now. She brought weed that her brother gave her. Oh my god, uh... Um, no, definitely not. That wasn't happening on this side. Yeah. On the West coast. Yeah. I think we were a little bit, I think we were leaning more into what everybody was fearing and Mm -hmm. judging you on. Mm -hmm. So what were you saying? What were you mentioning about the like pad, the, the like weight to protect you from sexual attention? Oh, has that been a thing that you've noticed recently or have you always known about that? I think it's, I think that my husband has known me from size 14 to like 18, Mm -hmm. almost 20. And I am, it's really weird. Given how much I've had sex, I've always been weird about my body. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm just super modest. Mm -hmm. I don't like being naked in front of someone. I know. I know. So it just always felt like, Cause I've always, always, I've always been like curvy. Mm-hmm. So like, even when I was skinny, I was still curvy and it just felt like I never saw in media people that had bodies like mine. Mm-hmm. So I nope. just always felt like, I felt like, like, like a freak of nature. So I think lately because we're trying to have a baby, I think the biggest thing I've noticed about myself in terms of weight is that one, he's gained weight. Mm-hmm. He's not like when we met, he was, had a six pack mm-hmm. and, you know, like a V cut and all that stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he does not have any of those things anymore. 
Plus I've gained weight because I've been pregnant like so many times and I'm just going mm. up and down and trying to like eat better and do these Oof. different things. So hard. But like, I look, it's hard, but I look at my body and it's changing and I know that I can change it back. I also know that I can buy a body that I'd like if I want to as well. I'm that's very possible. much aware that that's, that's a, a thing too. I want to get breast reduction once I have a kid. I want to get a tummy tuck mm -hmm. once I have a kid. Mm -hmm. I don't care. Yeah. I used to be like, I would never do that when I was a kid. And then I was like, nope, oh actually God. I will. Yeah. I feel like, when did that change for you? Cause that like literally the past like five months, I suddenly was like, oh, I would totally like get <laughs> Totally this do that. It does. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think it's, I think, I didn't think about this until I, you know what it is? All of these really famous women who look amazing at 50. Mm -hmm. And I think when I worked, I worked for JLo for like a year. And oh, she, I didn't know that. Oh, you didn't know that? No. Yeah, I worked for her for a year. Um, well, she was with A Rod, who sucked. Oh. And, <laughs> I saw her determination to remain hot. Like she is very, very beautiful. I mean, ridiculous. And ridiculous. And her determination put me and most people to shame. Oh yeah. I get loud. Now I'm not going to pretend for two seconds that her life is not super secure. Like she has to have, she has a team that does everything for her. Mm -hmm. Like if I had somebody who woke up, made my breakfast, then turned around and drove me to places yeah. and did this and did that. like took care of all the things that it requires. Basically, and all I, I can have no agency in this whatsoever. If I'm going to yes. get that body, I have to have exactly. made none of the choices. I will have to be none told what choices. to do <laughs> yes. every step of the way. That's what it is. That's what it is. Like literally everybody makes a decision for her. She tells them what she wants and then everybody scrambles to make it happen. So if that was my life where I didn't have to have like aggressive thought, if I knew that like, like even the situation with her and Ben and, and A-Rod and how this is all <laughs> happening, it's like, I did the same thing to my, with my husband. I was in a relationship mm -hmm. and I, I was, it wasn't like a relationship that was going to last forever, but I was recently like just so jolted into reality by a series of events that I met this guy and I was like, I guess. And he just like stuck around. Your husband you're like, talking about? No. Oh, sorry. No. <laughs> no, I love him to death. Yes, My yes, yes. Husband. This guy, I'm talking about this guy beforehand. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. The, the, mm -hmm. This guy just stepped into my life at a really weird fucking time. Mm. And I just was like, okay, I guess, I guess. And he was 25 and again, amazing but like he was 25 mm -hmm. so he had like the energy he had like the focus he had like the learning he wanted to learn like he was super all into it and that i real that i think that's when i realized literally the moment when i was like i can't keep doing this mm. i can't keep doing this i i could keep doing this this is not get me where not sustainable life by doing not sustainable like he was not going to go anywhere yeah. he was not going to get out of my life he was he could come and hook up with me and every time I want, and I wasn't going to say no. And even if I wasn't in the mood, I would still end up doing mm. it. It was just like mm. that type of relationship where I just suddenly felt like, okay, this is so immature. And my husband, you know, we'd known each other at this point for years, but when I, I didn't 
sleep with my husband immediately. We were friends and it was like, we were coworkers and we were colleagues. And then, you know, we went, we knew, we, we knew the moment we met, mm. like it was on, <laughs> like he like, I gave him my number and he like a month later was like, wouldn't it be crazy if we got married? And I was like, what? And then that was like 10 years ago. And I was like, huh? this boy is crazy. And then I was like, but I, when I saw you, the first thing I thought was that's my husband. Wow. But he was like n- the first person in my life that I did not sleep with in the first minute, like within the first week that I'd known them. Oh my goodness. I, it took us two and a half years to have sex for the first time. And then it was like very sporadic after that. It was like two, it would be like, like three or four times a year. Like we didn't do it. Wow. Like because he was, well, he was going through a divorce. Right. So it was just like, he was just all over the place with his emotions. But um, once I realized that I, I didn't want to be with the guy that was basically moved into my house, the 25 year old, what happened is like Alan, like, stepped in he had no idea where I was in my life and he was like uh I I want to be with you now like I'm sorry I've even waited this long Mm -hmm. and I was like done let's we're getting married though like I'm not waiting and he was like okay and then we got engaged and I had to kick somebody in my house but I just remember thinking like (laughs) it was so horrifying but I just remember like we were not we had still no idea if we were compatible or not we like had no idea that we were sexually compatible. Like we were, we were trying to, to match love with lust and is it lust or is it love? Like, and now, now when I'm, when I am with him and we're intimate and we have sex, I know it's love. Mm. It's so good. <laughs> it's like fun and it's different and I don't feel awkward. And it's like, I was like, I'm tired of being on top. Wow. <laughs> and then he was like, He's like, it's okay. <laughs> He's like, it's okay. He's like, okay, I'm gonna get him back. So it's like, uh, it's like, it's like those comfortable. That's the, yeah, it's like super comfortable, and it's not. I don't feel like gross. Mm-hmm. I also always thought that I would I'd be like a we have to have sex like once a week type of person, and in the beginning I was like we need to do it like once twice a week, and. I got over that, like, after a couple years, I was like, I don't need to do it. Because his sexual appetite is not like mine. Right. He he definitely is, like, love first, sex next. And I was I was sex first and love. Whenever, never, maybe. Whenever, mm-hmm. never, maybe. Mm-hmm. And he, like, was the first man I met who was like, I love you. I'm obviously sexually attracted to you. You're beautiful. But I love your brain. Mm. Like, I like your mind. So it's not like just like it's on every time I see you. <gasps> it's like, this is my wife. I love her. I'm horny now. Let's fuck. Like, that, <laughs> like there, there's, a, there's a journey instead of just like an instant reaction to it, which I just, I love that about him. Wow. I'm definitely hornier than he is, but I, you know, but I definitely love that he has like, well, he doesn't, isn't driven by sex. He isn't. Wow. That's incredible. He isn't. So you're kind of. Yeah. You were kind of a Carrie or a Samantha or whoever from Sex. <laughs> I think much more of like a Samantha Miranda. Samantha Miranda sure. mix, who yeah. finally fell in love with someone yeah. that you fell in lust with first. I was lusting after him for God. It was aggressive. I would cry. I would be like so horny. I would die. <laughs> I would fuck other men that looked like him just oh to God. get over it. Was this I while ride... he was still partnered or something or 
Oh no, he was already divorced, but he was like the whole point of the divorce. It was like, he'll never admit it. But once in the beginning, I know he was trying to still get back together with his Mm ex-wife. And one day he said to me like eight or nine months later, like, you you know how hard it is to try to fall out of love with someone and when you're falling in love with someone. And I was like, that is the sweetest thing I've ever heard, but hurry up. (laughs) Um, So thank you. So amazing. No, I know that he was like trying to at first and I actually respect him for it. Like he's a Southern boy. Like it was just his thing, like his way. He wanted to keep his family together. Mm -hmm. He has a 10 year old, he has a 10 year old son, my stepson. Oh, wow. Uh, So like, yeah, like I knew and he's a dad and he was trying to like, you know, like do that whole thing. But I also like knew the moment I saw him, I'd never been looked at like that by somebody. The way he looked at me was like, love (laughs) and it wasn't like lust i I saw the difference it was like i saw like a halo around him Mm. and his aura and it was like he looked into my soul and i like went back seven lifetimes i'd never been looked at like that i'd always been objectified so i'd always like men who ended up being in relationship with me had always like pursued me by my by physical right you know what I yes. mean? Like grabbing my butt or boot pulling on my boobs or like, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. talking about my waist or making an, a, an observation about my body. And I would confuse that with, oh, they really like me. So then I would just like make it a relationship when I don't think it should have been a relationship at all. And then once I got hurt by those relationships, then it was like, well, I'm just gonna have one night stands. Then when none of these things seem to be working, I was like, I will refuse to meet somebody online. I don't believe that's real, which is why I'm so happy. and. The, the 21st century, I met my husband um, in person because I didn't think that it would work for me any other way. I, d- I thought, I think I was a good enough actress. I would craft a persona of like some sex goddess world of the world who didn't need men to be on top of anything other than me. And then I met somebody who just sort of like cut me down to size. Wow. That's magical. That's so cool. I mean... Yeah, it is so interesting, though, that we have had kind of the opposite journey of like, you know, I only pursued that love. And I think it's because I I think I was in a similar boat, though, like I was definitely objectified quite a bit. And I think Mm -hmm. I wanted to like get through that to to know that there was like actual quality to the attraction, like whether it was like real and of course was hurt many times in the process and like disappointed and confused. Um by dudes who just wanted to fuck <laughs> like yeah but like i couldn't believe that i was like come on don't you also love me <laughs> don't you um and then in the process yeah and then in the process also was like feeling all this shame and kind of got kind of skipped it it's weird because i also see myself i saw myself as sexually active but i honestly wasn't single like at all and like mm. my relationship before my husband, I, w- I was open, but it was definitely the non-healthy kind of open. Right. Where like from day one, he was like, I want to have sex with other people. And I'm like, what? Uh, uh. And then and like, I'm, I'm actually going to just do and it. He's like, yeah. yeah. And then he cheated mommy. And then it was like, okay, now we're open. And like, I don't know. I don't feel it. And then the second I got like a taste of it, like I met someone. I was like, okay, this is me, like a hundred percent. Like I am one of these people. Like I could straight but up be polyamorous. You now? now it's it's hard because you know, like, is your husband? Is he seeing other people? He's not. He doesn't want to. 
He doesn't want to. Yeah. It's really hard to navigate. And like, so we're still working on it. And it's just like a very long process. But like when you go out and do stuff, Mm -hmm. like, what do you say? What do you say? Like to him? Like, what do you like? I'm going to date. I'll see you later. (laughs) Kind of. Yeah. I mean, yes, I've been going on dates like recently and like there's rules. So I'm not like hooking up really, but I'm going on dates and I'm like, Wait. I don't get it. Kinda, you I lost feel the same me. way. You've lost the same me. way. You lost me. <laughs> then what's the point? I have friends too that I like to have dinner with. Winter. Not what we're talking about here. Yes, that is the problem I'm currently <laughs> having. So yeah, that's. But yeah, it's basically like I'm gonna go meet my friend, you know, and that's also what I tell my son, who's two years old wow. and going to bed, and I'm like, I'm gonna go meet my friend, you know, and it's just like that's that's what it is. It's it's connection with other people and. But like last summer it was definitely like dead of dead of COVID horny horniest I've ever been in my entire life summer. Oh, me too. I don't know what oh happened. I was just like <gasps> Oh my God. Oh, well that's fuck. the other thing too is like I like have to masturbate <laughs> so much. And like my husband, oh I hate him. Like he when we I hate him so much because like he'll be like he'll walk in the bedroom and be like you jerking off in here? <laughs> like, I'll be like, no. Like, yes. Yes. Like, why do you bring it up? Like, why do you say anything about it? And that's like the secret single behavior. It's like when you were at work, I would wait till you pulled off into the street and like get on the road and do my thing. And now you're here and now I have no privacy. Yeah. I have no privacy yeah. to do anything. I'm trying to like own it more and be like, I'm gonna go masturbate. Excuse me, and like, <laughs> and try to be proud, you know, and like, <laughs> it's well, something I'm trying. The, on. <laughs> the one thing that I am stopping weird about is having to have an orgasm with my vibrator after sex mm. and trying to get him to understand that, like, I oh, enjoyed that's right. every single minute of what just happened of the boinking, you but you brought, still need yeah. to. Yeah. Uh, same, same. Nothing about what just occurred was displeasing right. or not I just interesting. Could not possibly I just orgasm in this moment. Well, there's, there's no, no. I think I just read an article today that said like most women just can't orgasm through penetration. Absolutely not. No. And yet we've and been made to feel like that's insane for so long. Yeah. It's so long. And it's like, I know that about myself. My body is basically trained to be stimulated yeah. right there. But the thing is, is like, he will never stop trying. Mm-hmm. So I will never be short on oral. I will never mm-hmm. be short on fingering, which I actually love fingering. Mm-hmm. And I will never sh- be short on any of the ways my husband will attempt to pleasure me because the, th- the good thing about him is that he did not, he doesn't have, he's the opposite of me. He does not have a long like list of set them up, knock them downs. He's a was a Christian boy <laughs> raised in the South, football star, did not want to have a pregnant girlfriend, really was abstinent for most of the time, oh, unless wow. he was in a relationship. And he just but he had no aversion to oral. So he's oh, great at it. <laughs> dream. Yeah. It is dream. funny that like a lot of Southern guys I t- I think totally just didn't get the memo. No. <laughs> 
They're like, no, you're going to blow me. And that's the end of the story. Sorry. Yes. No, no, he is definitely like, not like that. I love that about him. I love that about him, Uh, especially because I do love giving head. I do love Mm. blowing him. Like, that's the thing. It's like, we do all the, the, the stuff that I, you know, was doing. Mm -hmm. And so I don't really feel like I need I, that's why I call myself a reformed hoe. Like I don't need anyone else. I just need him. Yeah. I, and that's all I was waiting for was him. Mm. He's like, you know, everything I wanted in a dude. You are, He's just a you dude. are like a romantic comedy, like a living romantic comedy. Cause it's very rare that yeah. I hear this of this, of someone waiting for a specific person. It's like, I just, he's everything. Look, he's not perfect. He's an absolute fucking nightmare. <laughs> Being in this house with someone like him and the way it's like living with Kanye. Mm, I always say like, I married a Kanye. <laughs> oh my God. Just intense, nightmare. intense, absolute nightmare, intense. Everything is intense. Mm-hmm. Um, but his, the side of him when he's not having those angst ridden moments is so funny. Mm-hmm. So quirky so like like he's a bro but a sensitive bro so like he's a jock he played football through college and like took steroids and did the whole thing but he's like he's like so like and then he's so hot like <laughs> like when i look at him and look at pictures of him when he was younger and it's like the rose pink cheeks and the hair and the <laughs> just like hot like when i just think about like how much he looks like the boys I loved when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. And that's why when he says like, we, we were looking for each other, it feels like the universe designed that for us, this, this situation. But so yeah, like also when I'm intimate with him, I like looking at him and I like, like we were, I was laughing at him last night. I was like, you folded it into yourself. You like, it's O face. And I was like, it's just, oh. <laughs> 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 you know? That's really and funny. I was like, it's, but we laugh at each other and we laugh. Like we, like last night we were talking about, because um, we used to live like 40 miles apart. Oh, wow. And yeah, that's how you know that we loved each mm-hmm. other. And when, sometimes we'd have like phone sex and I said, remember the time you came and then it, it like came on my iPad and your iPad and then it like it disconnected it. And so we just kept going like, like, like over and over again. And it was like foreplay because then we ended up having sex, but I just kept talking about you it. Came and like that's... on my iPad. Is that what you said? No, no, he no, he he like came on his own. He came iPad. on his own yeah. iPad. Because I had my iPad and he and then it disconnected <laughs> right afterwards. And I was like, remember that? He started laughing. He's like, oh my God, that's right. And then I could go and then literally that was like four that's our foreplay is like making fun of each other i love it that's great yeah that that reminds me of my husband and i too our we've always had like comedy we met at a comedy show like our big thing we had in common was like tim and eric we both loved tim and eric (laughs) and like i love that yeah and we made like a bunch of comedy together and we still we still crack each other up it's the best it's the best um so I really wanted to, before we wrap up, mm-hmm. talk briefly about Benifer. Is that what they're called? Yes. Ben Affleck <laughs> and Jennifer Lo- Lopez. Mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so there's something going on right now on the internet where there's Ben Affleck and J-Lo are hanging out and, like, recreating, um, like, scenes from, like, old J-Lo, the Jenny from the Block music video, 
Like, she has, like, a Ben necklace on. They're definitely hooking up suddenly. But it seems orchestrated in, like, a little bit of a spooky way. Do you have any insight? And I know you do. (laughs) Like, what the fuck is going on here? I don't have any current insight, but... Because I, like, I know the team, but, like my ego won't allow me to even acknowledge that any of this is happening because lest it makes everybody feel like they're like they've manipulated the world again Mm. i will say this um and plus i just have too much respect for these people just be like acting like this what's the tea y'all no Um, i'm not and it's not that vibe i'm the only reason i bring it up is because no, I didn't mean it. No, 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 no. I didn't mean that to you. I'm just, that's my general disclaimer, lest and anybody in this I am so grateful can... for that because, good, um, we're classy about it. We're classy about it. But here's what I'll say in a general tip. Um, I think, I will say this much because I don't think this is like even like remotely weird. I remember when I was interviewing to work for her and I was like, she was not giving me any attention at all. She's on her phone. She's looking, looking, looking. She didn't care right. about in the room. And then I said, you know, I really loved it when you went and saw Gone Girl and posted about it. Eyes lit up. <laughs> Probably the only time this woman's eyes lit up in a conversation with that me. That terrifies She's like, you me. like that? Yeah. Uh, what? I was like, yeah, I know. Okay. And then I was like, okay. I just really thought that was like, I was like, that was like above board because I know too much about how they fell apart and how it like, who who's, who is involved, how Jen Garner was kind of involved mm. and how they fell apart. That's why Jen Garner don't have, she can't say shit at all about what's happening right now. And I'm not, and I'm, I'm totally pro women, but she can't say shit because she knows what she did. Um, <laughs> she knows what she did. So I'm like super into whatever they're doing. The thing that I only find a little mess, little weird is that it's a little too on the nose. Yes, that's what it feels like. It feels like maybe they're not even enjoying themselves. Like they're only orgasming to public attention at this point. I just, as somebody who was in a romantic relationship that was so aggressively like, um, like romance love horniness and then to have that like dissipate only to have him come back into my life and make this grand gesture not only do i love with you and have always loved you but i want you to be my wife i get that part mm-hmm. like that's the part where i always wish she and i bonded a little bit more mm-hmm. we I, which would have never happened right. she has the same friend she's had for like 30 years she does not want to be my friend right <laughs> Which is fine. I have a lot of friends. It's the fantasy, though. Like it's the fantasy. It's like I felt like I understood completely. I understand completely now while it's happening. The thing is, the only thing that I I caution against is like, you really have my husband's an alcoholic too. Mm -hmm. He's he's sober alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I mean, he he's gone through his share of bullshit, and so has Ben Affleck. And I would just caution against like. One thing that I really tried to make sure with my husband is like, you're not just because you're just like recently out of rehab. Is this like suddenly like a rush of like confidence of I need because I don't have. And I, you know, I tested that for a long time to make sure that this wasn't just like a. I need because I I don't have. Wow. mm -hmm. Dang. Filling it up with something else. 
Mm-hmm. So I'm like, my concern is like that. Yeah. I, I honestly can't make sense of this. No. It's so weird it's and so wild. Strange. I don't know what the hell's going on. Is anything. Oh. Sorry, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say, also, I'm older. So, like, I wish this happened maybe like 10 years ago. <laughs> so like, you give more of a like, shit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't give that much of a shit. Oh, I'm I like, don't oh, at all. Shit. Yeah. I'm mostly I just a little I creeped know. out. It. Someone mentioned but, that it feels like the Matrix, and I'm like, it does. I'm like, what is this? The Matrix. This is, well, it's very controlled. Yeah, like there is, like all of this is an illusion or something, and someone's p- putting in some weird programming just to test to see if I'm listening or something. Yeah. Um, yeah. But is there anything like going that. on right now that is hot to you, like and intriguing, and like, do you have any sexual obsessions at the moment? On top of that question. Good question. Oh, good question. Good question. Uh, what gets me off, I would say, who I'm like, Luna Star is this porn star that I love. Ooh. This is the one thing that is probably by about mm. me is that I can, I really love um, lesbian porn. There's a special lady. Mm-hmm. And Luna Star is like, right now, she's my lady because uh, lesbian porn is about as close as you can get to of not having like crazy, aggressive, stupid, like, dudes punching you in the face it's very true it's very true a lot of my straight girlfriends feel the same way um yeah it's 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 really has anything to do with like bisexuality i i again super hetero but i don't like seeing violence against us no and i also as a straight woman have been the the byproduct of men who watch too much porn oh yeah and they think choking they think we like being choked mm-hmm. they think that we like being this mm-hmm. that and the other and i'm just like that's not don't come in my goes. eyelashes yeah no one likes that yeah. <laughs> or someone no does like someone that. does but not me one might but it's not me yeah but they don't know because it's so generalized so yeah i'm gonna google luna star i can't wait um, Winter, Lover. you're incredible. I'm so glad we got to hang out finally Me too. in real Me life. Too. And I would in love to life. hang out again. ASAP. I would love to hang out with you. Too. Oh, absolutely. And ASAP. Do you want to plug your podcast or whatever else, your Twitter and all oh, that? Oh, Waiting to Exhale is the name of my podcast with Karen Thompson, who's my co host, mm-hmm. whom I love. And then find me on Twitter at Winter, W-Y-N-T-E-R, mm-hmm. Mitchell. All right. And what what do you guys talk about on Waiting to Exhale? Is it like? Gen X through the lens of POC, LGBTQIA. Oh, my God. I lens. love it. Oh, fuck. Yeah. I'm listening. A sap. Me too. Okay. It's going to be so good. You will love it. All right. Thank you on behalf of everyone. And yeah, I guess I'm going to keep saying keep squirting at the end, guys. Keep squirting. I love this. Uh. <laughs>